Hey y'all, I'm Ashley. And I'm Hunter. And this is More Than Alive. Where we explore what it means to live a connected and intentionally balanced life. We hope that through thoughtful conversations between ourselves and others, that we'll continue to learn more about how we can thrive in a modern world cluttered with confusion and distraction. We're excited to have you join us on this journey. Welcome back. So Ashley, what made you feel alive this morning? All right. Well, I always keep a cup of water on my bedside table and I have a straw in it too, always. And it's always filled up before I go to bed. I don't like drink a lot of water before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. But first thing when I wake up, then I grab that cup of water and take a sip. So this morning, that is certainly what made me feel alive. That first sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. I have like, like a metal straw. Do you use a metal straw ever? No. To be honest, I don't really use many straws. I just go into the kitchen. I'll get like a big mason jar, mm-hmm. fill it up, and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Start the yeah. day. Yeah. Well, I have my, my good old metal straw just sitting in my cup, and that first sip is, is always the best. But specifically this morning, that's what that's what made me feel alive. Um, what about you? What made you feel alive this morning? Yeah. So this morning, um, I got up, went for a walk. I'd love to be able to tell the listeners that I do that every morning as part of my routine, but the reality of it is I don't do it nearly enough. Um, But this morning I got up, it's starting to get to that temperature in Charleston where it actually feels pretty good. It's not too cold in the morning when you wake up. So got up, went for a walk, uh, got to be in nature a little bit. And um, honestly, it was a great start to the day, got me focused and, and ready. So that's what made me feel alive. Yes. Love it. Fresh oxygen from the trees. Great way to start your day for sure. All right, y'all. Well, um, today is a very exciting day because we have a guest with us in the studio. Our guest today is the founder of Collective Wellness, a health practice that uses a blend of Eastern and Western bodywork and mindfulness practices to promote balance and longevity. She is a licensed massage and bodywork therapist therapist and a 500 hour registered yoga instructor who provides massage and bodywork therapies like cupping, muscle scraping, something called moxa, moxie that we have to talk about because I know nothing about this, um, as well as stability and mobility training and, and even yoga based movement and mindfulness sessions. She has a mobile setup to meet her clients where they are physically and spiritually so that, um, she can work with them on feeling better. So welcome to the studio, Sam Goodman. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are so excited to talk to you today because one of the big ideas that we come back to a lot on this podcast is the interconnection of our physical, mental, and emotional health. And it sounds like that's a really big theme in your work as well. Um, I know I've known you for a few months and I've gotten the pleasure to work with you. Um, And I know that obviously I just read your bio and one thing that you describe yourself as is a massage therapist. So I kind of want to talk about that today i want to talk about that that word therapy and then also specifically like what what massage therapy looks like with you so i think a good place to start is i'm a new client i'm like hi i want to work (laughs) with you i heard you're a massage therapist then what happens yeah i love that question you know i think when we think about massage work we think about the body we think about the muscles and how everything is so interconnected 
And that's why I really found a great blend between yoga and body work, yoga and massage, because it's all about like our intention and um, like how our body and how our muscles are in communication with each other. So if you're a new client, um, you're coming to me. I always love to meet my clients exactly where they need to be. So that means you might be coming and saying like, I just need to relax. I just need to like disconnect from my phone for an hour. I just need to feel good. That's one spectrum. Or it can be like, I push my body. I have really tight muscles. I have, this doesn't this doesn't feel good when this turns this way and whatnot. So that's going to be like a whole other spectrum, a little bit deeper tissue, a little bit deeper work. So an intake is really important for me in my line of work. Um, and just knowing kind of where your body's at, what a typical day looks like to you. Um, are you really active? Do you sit at a desk all day? And then just kind of going from there on like what an hour session or a two hour session. It's the longest self work on a client. It's two hours. It's <laughs> too long. long. I need time. snacks. <laughs> two hours time. and I'm like, okay, I need a break. Um, so just like seeing what the body needs at that point. And so then once on the table, it can look like a lot of just um, like handwork. So working just a lot with um, pressure points, looking with a lot of range of motion work. I also use cupping. It's one of my favorite. Personally, I love getting cups. Um, that's something that uh, I work with an acupuncturist and I work with massage therapists for my own body. And those are two practices that they always use on me. So I never like to use a treatment on a client that I haven't physically felt. Because it's nice to know how you can, you need to describe it. It's kind of like it's personal trainers, right? So I don't know a ton about this, but yeah. cupping, I, so when I, I played lacrosse up in Connecticut and when I was at school, we had to get like treatment a lot of time for different injuries. And I remember cupping and the muscle scraping, all oh, those two, but I honestly hated them. Yeah. I thought it was like the worst <laughs> thing ever, but I felt so much better after that. I had like a hamstring problem when I was in school. And so we had, I got cupping done on it like all the time. And like they would put like 10 different cups all up and down the back of my leg. And it was like awful. But then like once like that blood gets there and like you like it calms down, it gets way better. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, cupping is a really cool like Eastern practice that we've definitely used throughout like a lot of different Western modalities. And it's one that I really love to like adopt and adapt into my practice. And exa it's exactly what you're saying. You know, you're you're creating tension. You're increasing like that resistance around a muscle around a specific area and when then that cup releases yeah you're getting that flush of that blood back through the muscle but it's also what I really love is like again connecting your body with where like where the muscle tension is so it's reminding like okay we've been holding this tight trigger point for a while and like actually giving that mind to body connection of like what it feels like to let go and I think that's so much of what this practice is, you know? Yeah. It's like allowing the body to know what it means to let go. Totally. So going back a little bit, what was your first introduction to these different types of modalities? Because I guess, like you mentioned, they're more Eastern practices and you are young and from what I understand, grew up in the Western world. <laughs> yes. So what was your first introduction? How, how did you like meet these things so how do you know what cupping is like yeah um so i grew up in Asheville, north carolina um so there's a lot of different eastern practices throughout the city um my mom when i was very young introduced me to yoga um i think knowing it and not knowing it she did <laughs> like um in the sense of like she was always very in tune with like teaching like when you get upset like take a deep breath like stuff like that oh, that's awesome. and she would also like she would drag me and i say drag 
two yoga classes with her just to be like, <laughs> I want to go to yoga. You're going to come with me. And I would, I hated it. I truly did. I remember one class I literally was like laying next to her on the mat and just was like, I'm never coming back to this class with you. <laughs> um, um, but she introduced it to me at a very young age. Um, we, she introduced me to chiropractic work, uh, massage, cupping all throughout um, my adolescence. I was actually in two bad car accidents when I was 18, um, one right before college and then one the winter break I was home from my freshman year. And when your body is put under trauma like that, they were both head-on car accidents. I couldn't really do anything to get out of the way, literally. Um, and my body experienced something that I really didn't know how to understand. Um, I went back to school. I tried to just be like, I'm fine. You know, fine. like what we do. Yeah. I'm yeah, fine. I'm fine. 18. I don't want to go to physical therapy. I don't want to talk to a therapist. You know, they were huge traumas in my body. But like anything, like with any sort of trauma, your body remembers. And so I spent about a year just trying to push that away. Not well. <laughs> and finally, it got to the point where I like recognized like, I wasn't sleeping. My body hurt all the time. I was having really just horrible reactionary things to this traumatic incident. And I started going to therapy, talk therapy. Um, I started doing physical therapy. I was introduced to a lot of different mindfulness practices that um, I hadn't been introduced to yet in the yoga world. Um, and from there, I literally switched everything. I switched what I was studying in school, focused um I went and said I studied psychology and I completely flipped the lens of like what I wanted to do with my life, essentially, because I realized I'm a very uh, I like to understand things. And I was you know, I was told I had PTSD and depression. And I said, OK, now what? <laughs> like, I need to understand that in my body and in my mind. And, um, you know, I realized that the tools that I had those tools I had been given from yoga at a young age, I was like, I can use these tools for things. And um from there has just been a stepping stone, really, from that, from those in, those incidences. Yeah. Well, one thing, honestly, that I just noticed was when you said, now what? I think it's awesome that you kind of, you went through a period where you accepted it. You knew what it was. You're like, this is what's going on. This is what I went through. This is where I'm at. But now what? Like, how can I take this and learn from it? And obviously, whatever you went through, I mean, it, it took you to where you are today. And like, that's a huge, huge thing in your life. So I think that question, like for people asking now what, like accepting it, understanding where you're at in your life, what you're going through, but then asking that question, okay, now what, what do I do from here is that's, that's something that I really picked up on. That was awesome. Yeah. And it sounds like you went down a few different avenues, um, based on the now what. So you mentioned talk therapy, you mentioned yoga practices, physical therapy. And I think that a lot of people dealing with trauma or injury feel overwhelmed in today's world maybe of like which one do I do and it sounds like your philosophy and your business which I want to talk more about your specifically your business in a bit but you one you meet your clients where they are and there's not just one like recipe for it for that works for everyone um like you kind of mentioned like if your clients come in they have different types of body work and everything so i guess bringing it back it sounds like you have a very like holistic and individualized approach which is awesome and i think helpful for anyone who is kind of at that now what point but 
what can people do or like, so you did talk therapy, physical therapy, and then now you've found like mindfulness in all different areas. Can you kind of like talk about the difference of all of those um, and the value that you found in each one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a lot to unpack. So let's start with the physical a little bit more. Yes. Um, I think it's really for me as a massage and bodywork therapist, I like to use the term like understanding what's in my scope. So like for bodywork, you know, it's looking at um, muscles, a little bit of alignment um, and everything like that. But when we look at physical therapy, like that is a much more specified doctorate program, um, really understanding the biomechanics um, of the body and how the body responds to trauma, how the body responds to injury. Um, So there's a definitely like a much deeper level to that. So I feel like physical therapy is also a wonderful tool to go into like after an injury or after um, any sort of trauma too, to give you very tangible exercises um, and like a structural plan that you can move forward. Um, which is, I think, is a really amazing tool to have the responsibility and have that knowledge for yourself. I think so much of this, whenever you're working through any sort of situation, like when you have the tools yourself to better your own body, your own mind, you will just feel more in control of it. And a lot of the times we experience these things and it's out of our control. So whenever we can bring that control back to ourselves, I think it's truly powerful to our healing. Yeah, very empowering. Very much so. Um, And then, you know, I, yes, I brought up talk therapy. I worked with a therapist in college. I still work with a therapist. I'm a huge proponent for talk therapy. Um, And it's something that I, I have an interesting relationship to, I think also as a, um, as a yoga instructor, which I can Mm -hmm. further explain um, is because a lot of times you'll hear the idea like, you know, yoga is yoga is my therapy. And I think there's so many therapeutic elements to yoga because it allows you to quiet the external and drop into like time with yourself, time with your thoughts and really dive deeper. Um, but then when we look at, you know, the power of talk therapy, I think it's this like support to dive a little deeper into those thoughts and not necessarily have someone at all telling you what to do or what to think or how to move forward, but have someone with this license and with this credential to really help help you be with those thoughts or help you be in whatever season of life you're you're moving through. Yeah. So I think yeah. both it's are just like powerful. it's helping you guide you to like more self-awareness for yourself. And I think I know we talk about this a lot too. I'm a huge believer that any sort of change that you want to see in your life, no matter what it is, like it really just starts with a self understanding and like a self-awareness. And I think so many people nowadays don't spend that time with themselves and really diving deeper into like understanding, okay, like who truly am I? I mean, we said this before, but it's like one of the best ways to get to know someone is to spend time with them. But we live in a world right now where so many people don't spend enough time with themselves because they're just caught up in all this micro traumas that go on in the world that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, So that's, that's awesome. I love that you put that like going to talk therapy, you know, it could be different for everyone, but for a lot of it, it's just having someone else that can allow you to have more of an organized mind and thought of, okay, now that I have kind of laid this out for myself, what is the now what for me now? Yeah. What you said there is, is important that they're different. Like people coming to yoga and spending that time with themselves, calling it their therapy is very different than talk therapy, whether they realize it or not. Um, something 
that made me chuckle though is that so I am a personal trainer and people do often throw around that term like oh my therapy going, yeah. yeah or you know I, I coach group fitness classes too and they're like oh this is my therapy um but and so with yoga you're not talking to the instructor but oftentimes in personal training I am talking with someone so I feel like although I'm not I do not have the credentials I am stepping into that role of therapists sometimes um which is just interesting because I think that people it's that talking element that's different right like with yoga like you said spending time alone Hunter like you just said it's so important to spend time alone with yourself and your thoughts and your feelings and that has so many benefits that are different from speaking with someone and working through something speaking not not with me but with a, <laughs> um, a licensed therapist um for sure do you think there's harm in throwing the term therapy around so casually i do yeah i do i think there's there's harm in it and well two things i think there's harm in it and i think there's also an importance to differentiate therapy and a therapist um so i think the harm in throwing around this word therapy is because we live in such a like a watch culture where we're on our phones, we're on Instagram, we're on Reel and TikTok, which I'm still confused if they're two different things or what they're they same. are. <laughs> same. We, I can't get a grip on it. Day, yeah. We're like, we're, on, we're not on TikTok. We feel way behind the curve. <laughs> yeah, Everyone already Exactly. So we're in a like a watch <laughs> culture. We're in a culture that's so fast paced um, and people like eat up literally everything they see, whether they know they're, they're, digesting it or they're not so this idea of um something being their therapy it puts a lot of responsibility and in a sense a lot of control and a lot of um power onto something and i can explain that a little further um the idea like and i've said it i've had clients i've had students say it to me like your class is my therapy or yoga is my therapy and i think that is incredible I say yes, but I think it's also important to recognize what that therapeutic experience is doing. So in, in the sense of like you go to yoga, you're on your mat, you're moving, you're breathing, you're sweating, whatever your yoga practice might look like to you, whatever your session in the gym looks like to you, then what? So how do you then respond to that? Is it a reactionary response or is it a mindfulness, like a mindful actual response to it? And I think then if you're having like an internal struggle of understanding those emotions, of understanding what your body is processing, I think then that is that next step of going to someone with a little bit more background, with a little bit more training to understand those thoughts, um, to understand even not those thoughts. I think after my accidents, I didn't understand what my body was experiencing. I didn't understand like the trauma that my muscles felt and, you know, no yoga class was going to honestly give me that answer. You know, it was a lot deeper than that. Um, so, and then, okay, so going to this idea of therapy and therapist, um, I think then, you know, we teach group fitness, we teach group yoga classes, and we say things to encourage and inspire. And I think sometimes people take those sound nuggets yeah. or in a sense in yoga I've heard a lot um like the mic drop or the mic drop quote yeah. and they take that 
And it's like, it's a beautiful thing that really speaks to them. And that's amazing because that's human connection, right? That's what we want. That's what we're doing right now. We're having a human collective connection. But again, I think it's when we put that connection onto another person is when it's detrimental. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, like putting the, the expectation and load on another person to give you that. Yes, exactly. and I love what you said um, earlier about a lot of these practices or things that we do have very therapeutic um, elements to them, like therapeutic elements, but it isn't like therapy as a whole for yourself. And like therapy, I think, in, in my opinion, can be a collection of multiple different things. So like your therapy doesn't have to be exactly, okay, I do this, going to yoga is my therapy. But no, going to yoga exposes me to certain elements that I can now take and now I compare, I can, you know, bring those together with other elements I've taken and kind of create my own therapy. I mean, that's kind of one thing I'm getting from it too, so. Yeah, it's almost like we're using the word therapy to describe any form of rest or release (laughs) and that there perhaps should be a little bit more acknowledgement that the word bears more weight. Yeah, definitely. I guess. Hunter, I'm interested, what are some ways in your life that... What are your therapies? Because I know we've talked before and you've never been to talk therapy, right? Or what in your brain is like your therapy? Yeah. So for me, um, yeah, we we did talk about this. So I have personally, I've never been to talk therapy. um, And I just never, I guess for me, going back to what we talked about, like that self-awareness and self-understanding, I almost kind of viewed my personal therapy as, you know, journaling or writing or spending time with myself. And it's funny because I, I will say, you know, anyone that knows me knows I love to talk and I love to communicate with people and I love to have conversations and I could talk forever. But it's almost like when it comes to really kind of, I think, personal, deep, emotional stuff, I can definitely have those conversations with people. But I almost like find like a lot of value in for me, like journaling or spending time with myself, like going for a walk and just thinking and digesting and almost having that kind of two-way conversation back with myself and almost taking things that I've learned from other experiences or other people and in my own way, kind of being my own therapist for myself, if that makes sense. So that, when it comes to talk therapy, I have never really kind of experienced what that's been like. Um, Do you think of working out as your therapy? Yeah. So that's what what I was going to get to next is for me, there are certain other things throughout life, such as exercise, working out, um, and honestly, spending time with people who I know really care about me and that I care about, it's like, for me, it's kind of those areas are, you know, my versions of therapy for myself. So I definitely do say fitness is probably one of the biggest ones because, you know, I think a lot of people have this similar experience, but whenever I have gone through certain things in life, I've always fell back to getting out of that situation physically. So whether it's like I'm sitting in my room worried about something, I'll go out and I'll go in nature. I'll go out and I'll go for a run. I'll go out and go work out. And it's like doing that, getting out of that different environment that I'm in, it allows me just to, one, like have that space for myself and kind of block everything out. Um, And yeah, so that's, for me, it's definitely, I think, working out um, and just honestly for me, working out and journaling or spending time with myself or probably personally my two biggest ways that I bring therapy for myself. I think a big point that we we keep hitting is just how incredibly powerful these tools and these different types of therapies can be when combined. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope that people realize is that if you're going through something, we all are, so everyone yeah. <laughs> falls into that category, um, using different different outlets 
to heal you as a whole. It sounds like that's what you did after your car wrecks. And I know I've, I've personally experienced that as well, using talk therapy to heal, using yeah. massage therapy to heal, yeah. using self, like more self-awareness, reading, writing, all of those combined can be very powerful. Yeah, and understanding that it may not be the exact same thing that the person next to you is doing for their therapy. No, like, because and, no trauma, no injury is exactly the same. Yeah, and we talked about, I love what you brought up earlier about consumption. And I think in, we're living right now in a world where people don't realize that what you consume is not just like what you eat. Like you consume everything that you listen to, that you watch. There's All so the much TikToks. stuff that we consume. And so it's like, I think part of the reason is people are, before they experience what therapy looks like for themselves, they're already deciding what therapy should look like in society. And they're basically looking at these other things that people are doing and saying, okay, if I'm not, if I'm not meeting to, to with, or meeting with someone to do talk therapy, or I'm not going to get physical therapy done, like, then I just, there's just no way I can have therapy. But I think, again, it's understanding that there's, it's all personalized and it's all unique, unique, and everyone's not going to have two of the exact same ways of finding therapy for themselves. Absolutely. I think a lot of it too is like breaking down the stigma of what each thing might mean in society. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you're working through from an accident and you are using physical therapy, like, oh, that's because I'm strong enough even after this to keep moving and using my body. And it's like just breaking those stigmas, like it can look like so many different things, like your healing. I love what you just said. Like your healing is your own and like it's not linear. It is in constant flux and it's not going to look like the person's next to you. And it, I truly agree with you, Ashley. Like it is a combination of different modalities, different tools. And that takes having the, the knowledge and having that like education, that information out there of like different forms Um and just different practices that you can bring in, thread into one another. Exactly. And it sounds like that's what you're doing through collective wellness. So I want to hear more about how you started this business and the philosophy behind it, because it sounds like you give your clients a very individualized approach and help them in many different ways, even though you're a licensed massage therapist and yoga instructor. So tell me more about that and how it got started and what it looks like now. Um, so I think I finished undergrad and was very unsure of what I wanted to do with my life, like so many people. And I threw around a lot of different ideas of going back to school to get my master's degree in different things. And just, I had honestly, and I'm sharing this only just to be completely authentic. Like I had to step out of this idea that I had to have a certain letters before my name or after my name um, and that I could help people and meet them exactly where they are while also meeting myself exactly where I am. And like knowing my scope and knowing what like I understand. And I, I do feel like I understand the body well. Um, I grew up as an athlete. Um, I physically like to move my body and to push it to its limits. So um, it's something that I just feel like I can meet people at. Um, I, as I shared, like I found yoga at a young age. So getting my 200 hour teacher training was just like a gift to myself that I didn't even know was going to turn into this incredible field. Um, so moving to Charleston and kind of having this very health minded wellness centered community 
it just kind of stemmed from there. Um, and just believing that I could kind of step out and do my own thing. My parents own their own business. And so it just kind of felt like the next step for me, honestly, following COVID. Um, and just knowing like I wanted to create a space that that could be a little bit of everything for my clients. So Collective Wellness, that name kind of came from this idea of creating a holistic health center that would one day have physical therapy, massage therapy, um, different like doctors of different fields, um, and that can range from anything really. So having this one big space um, where people could be in-house working with different people and it would just be one cohesive uh, practice. So this is kind of like my little itty bitty step towards that one day, if it ever happens. Um, mobile just works really well for me in the city. Everything's pretty spread out Yeah. Um, enough that I can easily get to clients. Um, and I think people feel safe and comfortable in their homes. That's always my hope. And I think massage and body work, it can be a vulnerable practice for some people. Um, you know, it's pretty much the only field where the practitioner is fully clothed and the client is not. And so, and I say that just to be very transparent, that we need to meet people in their most comfortable space so that they can heal and that they can feel like their body can relax. And I found that for pretty much all my clients, being in their home allows for that, which I think is a really uh, unique and cool thing to be able to offer. Um, and then I really just love being able to kind of examine how we can intertwine more of yoga principles with more strength and mobility principles, and then in all wrapping it together with massage and body work. Yeah, I, I just love that connection, what you just said there at the end of of connecting the yoga principles that you found to be so powerful in your life with more of the biomechanics, the typical biomechanic stuff that you think about. I think what you said earlier um, on in, in um, what you just discussed was about the letters in front of or behind your name. I personally have really struggled with that too. So I see you and I think it's amazing that you had that realization of like, oh, no, 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 I can do what I know I can do. I am a certified personal trainer and have a degree in human physiology and love all that stuff. And all last year, um, would have kind of people asking if I do nutrition stuff, which, you know, when you're in this, these kind of fields, you get um, related questions. And I was always like, no, that's only for registered dietitians. I'm not a registered dietitian. And almost like I personally would almost look down upon other like people in my field that were not registered dietitians giving nutrition advice. I was like, they're not a registered dietitian. Cause I think <laughs> I, I went to like a typical four-year university and and I think that was like really ingrained in me is like, you cannot do these things unless you have this schooling and this stuff. So I'm such like a rule follower in that way of yeah. like, oh, you have to be an RD to give any nutrition advice. And thank goodness I um, was speaking with someone else a few months ago in who's a personal trainer who does nutrition coaching. And she explained to me that the certification um, that is the program she got her certification through um, precision nutrition has a very like holistic approach and she's able to really help a lot of people and I was like oh wait I can meet people where they are like you just said and help them based on what I know and I do know things just because I don't have a master's degree in, in diet yeah. yeah and that's, that's 
I just that's, said a word uh, that was not a word. That, no, that's just what you were saying but, too. Like I had the other day people saying, hey, can you, you know, can you write me diets, this and that and everything. And I was like, well, one, like, so I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian. I technically can't do that, but I do feel comfortable and confident in helping you work with your relationship with food. And it's again, like kind of with a the therapy, it's like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm exposing you to the the opportunity for you to figure it out for yourself. So it's just shedding light on these different areas. Like, okay, well, like I'm not going to tell you your diet, but eat this. How did you feel? Keep track of that. Things like that. So, and one last point I wanted to uh, really address with what you said too, is I love the fact that you said, again, it's, it's finding your vision for this place is to have multiple different areas of health come together. And I think in my, my opinion, one of the biggest things lacking in health and wellness today is the the collectiveness of all these different practices. I think, you know, there are many different things that people do, which they're very, for lack of a better term, cult-like in how they do things, such as working out and fitness or just doing yoga, or I'm just doing meditation and breathing, or I'm just doing, I just eat healthy, or I just do long distance running, all this stuff. But I think the the best thing, in my opinion, for, you know, for the health of, of the world is to expose themselves to many different modalities and many different areas, knowing that, hey, maybe right now this is what's gonna work best for me. But next month, it might be something else. And I'm, that's something I'm personally trying to figure out now too, is you know, for a long time, like, yes, it was fitness, it was training, it was working out, it was coming from that a- athlete competitive background, it was always pushing my body and and really trying to you know set goals, surpass them, do all this. but. I know that it's like for, for my overall health and for me to become the best version of myself, it's like I need to expose myself to, to doing more things such as, you know, the, the mobility, the physical therapy, the things like that, the areas that maybe I'm not really involved in at the moment, but I know it's like for our overall collective and our wellness for ourselves. Collective it's, yeah, yeah. wellness. Collective <laughs> wellness. Plug. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really bringing all those different areas and aspects of health and making your life surround around that. But. Certainly. Sam, dying to know, what is moxa? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it at the beginning and I still yes. don't know. So moxa bustion is a form of Chinese medicine and it's actually, I wish I had the tool so you could see it. Not that it's a podcast, they mm-hmm. could see it. Anyway, <laughs> um, so it, the best way to describe it, it looks like a cigar. Um, it's a like a stick of herbs that you actually burn off the tip and then it creates like an ember and so in Chinese medicine there's it's called our chi it's the energy that flows within our body and at any point pretty much throughout the body we can have like blockage of energy and that can be from physical emotional spiritual trauma Um, so in Chinese medicine they use moxa um, around like certain points so it's an acupuncture um, tool my one of my main mentors is an acupuncturist, and so it's a practice that she um, showed me and has guided me through. Um, it's used in a lot of the times. It's called like the cold areas. Our body can either be overheated, warm, or too cold. So a cold, um, like a cold symptom, would be something like asthma or bronchitis or anything where it's, there's constriction in the body. So you can actually use the moxa. Um, you hold it right above the skin, about an like an inch or two, um, and just allow for that heat to radiate from the the moxa stick, which is mugwort, which is an, a traditional Chinese herb that helps with pain. Um, and so just bringing that heat and that warmth to those specific areas of the body. Um, wow. That's so it's something that I yeah, only use so on a few clients 
honestly, it's um, you have to be very comfortable with it because it is a heated element. Um, I'm very comfortable. I love, I'll put it on, like I'll use it on my forearms if my arms are really tired from a long day of work. Um, It's really relaxing. It's really therapeutic. I also love using it with clients who've experienced loss or heartbreak um, around like the heart chakras or the lung channel um, just to bring that heat and that warmth and that flow of chi, flow of energy to those areas that might be a little stagnant. So it's a wow, cool practice. That's so cool. That is amazing. Yeah, this might be a little bit different, but do you ever do the the things where you have like all those stones that are like super warmed up and you like put them on people's back and stuff? Hot and stones? Just, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have never done that, but I just envisioned that when you were talking about it, like someone taking out these really warm yeah. stones. And just and it's like it. massage, hot <laughs> stones. Yes. Yes. That's, hot yeah. stones are wonderful in that sense. Like It's the same. It's similar principle. It's like giving that heat and that warmth. Like to think it's like a hug for your muscles. A yeah. little TLC. I love that. Feels so good. Muscles right now. <laughs> um, okay, so Sam, as we're starting to wrap up, um, do you have any suggestions for listeners looking to build therapy into their wellness routines? I know that's a huge, broad question, but if someone's listening to this right now and they're maybe dealing with something physical or emotional. What's the first step that they could take in order? And they have no wellness routine, technically. So I think we've already discussed how this word therapy gets thrown around a lot. And and just in this conversation, it's kind of made me realize that I feel like we could change, instead of using therapy, we could use like mindfulness practice in the sense of things that mindfully you go to that will... Um, maybe bring ease or um, anything like that. So I feel like if someone's really like jumping off into this like next step of trying to understand like a mindfulness practice that would best suit them is honestly leaning on the people around them, be it a friend, a colleague, pretty much anyone that they respect and that they trust. I think a lot of this is about like kind of trusting your intuition and, um, not being afraid to maybe ask those questions of just, can I join you at that at uh, that practice you always do or that class you always go to? You know, I think we can kind of use the people um, and use the things around us to kind of help us understand what we need. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, like we say in our intro of every episode, we say in a world connected now more than ever, people are feeling more confused and isolated. And I think you brought up a great point right there. Like, although we just, you know, we've been laughing about TikTok and talking about social media a little bit, but I think that people, especially with injuries and trauma or um, things they're dealing with, keep it inside them and then it's there. And so I love what you're saying about leaning on those around you. And that could be a virtual connection too. Um, I think that's where social media can shine a bright light on different situations is connecting maybe someone with someone you look up to um, on social media or like you said, in person. A lot of the things we've been talking about, we are lucky that we live in a world nowadays where a lot of this information is accessible like we're able to now learn more about it like a lot of the things we just talked about now like i can go go back home and like look up and research more now we still have to be smart and you know filtering through what is real and what's bullshit but to be honest like i think that yeah it is it is definitely hard to do nowadays with all the information out there but i do think if you go about it the right way like there's so many tools and stuff that are available now versus years ago 
So. Yes, and amazing people and businesses like you and Collective yeah. Wellness. Thank you. One last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just going back also off of what Hunter had said earlier is like understanding that one thing might not be the best fit or even the perfect fit and that it can look like multiple things or it might adapt and change and not being so like bogged down or structured to like one thing and understanding that like this idea of therapy or this idea of mindfulness, it's all within yourself. And so we don't have to put all the like the power or the intention or like the growth that you receive from one therapy, one modality is giving you the tools to then move forward in so many other realms. And that rests in you. That doesn't rest in the that practitioner or that practice. It rests Mm -hmm. in you. Wow. I love that. that. Bring it home. (laughs) Way to bring it home. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great place to wrap up. So at the end of every episode, we, Hunter and I, when it's just us, we Mm -hmm. dare each other uh, or challenge each other something for that week. And I understand that you have brought a dare for us us so this is switching it up i am too i'm like an outside source daring us um so uh what is that dare for us i love this first off i think it's so creative um Mm -hmm. and i giggled at the beginning of the episode because hunter you said that you love to talk and my dare for you is the opposite of that um my dare for you both is to have a 24-hour silent meditation so one day of no talking So what that would look like, (laughs) Uh, like from when you wake up, you journal, you go about your day. Um, I want to do it with you guys whenever you do it first off, but um, try to limit, limit our social media time, Um, limit our TV time, that kind of stuff. But my goal and my intention behind it is to not limit your time with your people or from your routine. So it might feel a little awkward at times. It might take a little homework the day before to tell your roommates or your friends like, hey, I'm going to be around, but I'm not going to talk. And again, (laughs) my intention behind this is to um, just to allow us to take that sense, to take that very day to day thing we do to a lot. And a lot of times that's to numb or that's to just create noise in a sense. So I want us to work on taking away that noise, seeing what comes up and then go, you know, going to the beach with a friend and walking, but not talking and seeing what you experience. Oh my wow. Gosh. That's <laughs> Listeners, so you cool. can't see me, but my jaw has been <laughs> yeah. open for like yeah, two honestly, minutes. Honestly, actually, I don't know if you could do that. I, I don't can. know. I mean, I probably can't do it either. Okay, well now, yeah, this is better right, because should, now you've made us competitive. We got to do it when we're together and that's going to be a real no, challenge. We cannot we do are, that. Hey, we, 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 learn we have to come language. to this studio and sit here for 24 hours and just sit. <laughs> just no, stare at each like, other. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay. Gosh, challenge accepted. I love but it. We will let you know. Um, yeah, how when it we goes. do that. Yeah, well, definitely. I would love to try to do that. Let's plan out a plan out of time we could do that well cool so sam where can our listeners find you and how could they book a session um my instagram and website would be the easiest ways to stay connected so it's just gonna be um at collective wellness chs for instagram and collective chs.com i do have online booking um but it's honestly easier just to shoot me a message 
um, yeah, we can just chat about schedules and that kind of stuff and just stay connected that way. So you are local in the Charleston area. Yes. Do you do any virtual sessions or anything for this? I do. Yes, I do primarily um, my stability and mobility sessions online via Zoom. Um, I do some yoga sessions online as well, but primarily just stability and mobility work. Amazing. All right. So our listeners that don't live in the Charleston area <laughs> hopefully can connect with you as well. Yeah. Well, hey, I thought this was awesome. Thank you again, Sam, for coming by and yeah, have a good one. Thank yeah, you so much I, for having me. You guys really, are incredible. <laughs> well, yes. We loved talking to you and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. Sounds good. All right. Talk soon, guys. All right. Bye, y'all. The More Than Alive podcast is brought to you by our awesome team, producer Addison Anthony, recording and mixing engineer Dries Vandenberg, music by J.D. Moon and Taylor McDonald, and your hosts, Ashley Anthony and Hunter Fascinero. <laughs>